welcome to the Limitless Landscapers podcast. I'm Paula and today I am here with Charlotte Howard, also known as Capability Charlotte. And we have had Charlotte on our podcast before, a very well listened to episode, I may add. And I'm excited to have her back (laughs) (laughs) to discuss our new campaign, which we're jointly doing with TLC um, and Charlotte, talking about Time for Turf. As the founder of the Landscaper Circle and the Limitless Landscapers podcast, I am here to help you get more money, time and freedom to make your life and business truly limitless. Through my experiences as the owner of a garden design and landscaping business and through tried and tested methods, if you want help with the marketing, managing and growing of your business, then you are in the right place. If you are a landscaper, garden designer, horticultural business or a supplier to the industry, be sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode now let's get back to the show so welcome charlotte thank you paula this is very exciting i know one of my (laughs) passion projects this is yes so yes let's start with that what is the campaign and why did you kind of think to get in contact with us to start running it well as a gardener i i've always felt it's a huge responsibility on me to make sure that whatever i do has a positive impact on the environment rather than negative impact on the environment and when i started out gardening god back in the dark ages the jurassic period i didn't really think about that sort of thing it wasn't you know the environment was talked about but not to the extent that it is now so i myself might have never actually i can hard hand on heart say that i've never put a, a plastic grass in any I refer to it as plastic grass. I won't do the, of calling it astro <laughs> plastic grass, and that is what it is. I've never put it in designs, but I never really sort of thought about the, the effects of it until I started reading into it. And I know that Jack Wallington put a blog out about two or three years ago, of, I think it was 17 Reasons Why You Shouldn't Lay It. And it just really opened up to me how awful it is. Here we are, you know, fannying around with plastic straws, yet we're laying the equivalent of you know, 20,000 plastic straws in our back garden. I mean, what's just nuts? And and I just see landscapers um, watching them on horror on social media, laying acres of concrete and and stone and plastic grass. And I just, just makes me really angry, Paula. So I, I wanted to do something about it. And I'm afraid I'm not very professional. And if I see it happening on social media, I do call it out. That's anyway. why we love you, though, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can I say well, how, how, how you and I got together over there? Yeah, crack yeah. on. <laughs> so you, were, you shared one of your, you know, one of your um, people, your collaborators on there. And actually, I was gracious enough to private message you. I didn't do it publicly. <laughs> I'm getting a bit, I'm a bit more militant now. I can tend to do it publicly. You were so I was I, lucky. I, you were lucky. I was like, oi, Paula, what's going on here? What's do, what are you doing? What are you doing, mate? <laughs> I can't remember what it was something along those lines. And you were really good about it, actually, because as you can imagine, I've had all sorts of responses. Yes. I've had threats of violence. I've had people, I mean, it's ridiculous nuts, isn't it? I've had plastic Over grass. some plastic grass. I know. It seems <laughs> insane, really. Yes. So yeah, I had sort of some one landscaper. Um, did a concerted campaign against me and signed me up to all these websites and things and I was getting phone calls from pregnancy advice services and smoking cessation and uh, it's just like oh god it, it, it is it, I think I, I, I hope that you do well with this but be prepared I think it's going to be a really hot topic and it's going to cause quite a lot of angry discussion 
It will. And I think oh, yeah. you're right. It's kind of like we're, we're stepping into yeah. what could be a really great, and I think it's a great thing. I mean, I think we should be positive about it, which you are being. It is. And, and I think it's important. I mean, we are Laura Landscapes, a landscaping company. And in my previous years, we have laid mm. artificial grass. Yeah. We have not enjoyed it. Like, and now yeah. going forward, obviously, we are aware of not just the environmental impacts, but actually how bad it is for the consumers. Like, yeah. you know, various issues that yeah. have been raised that I know about, installation standards are poor. And it's all of that added together. We made mm. a concerted decision to say we're not getting involved anymore. So for me, when a client mm. approaches us about artificial grass, it's an absolutely not we can later for you and actually it's better because x y and z mm. you know and you have that discussion with the client if they're still adamant they go for artificial grass then it's not me that's going to be going anywhere near it so that's just a, you, a decision yeah. for us that we've mm. made and I think other landscapers who probably feel very similar mm. uh, do it just because the client wants them to and I think it's all about educating how to have that conversation and educating the clients because when I've spoke to clients they've said artificial grass because it's easy to maintain I said what Mm. what a load of codswallop it is not easy to maintain at all I Mm. wouldn't have it in my garden so why would I want to lay it in yours basically like having carpet in well I'm a bit (laughs) and I never vacuum but but (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) although we've moved into a new house so we have carpet here but I've I've never laid carpet in my life because I again that's equal because there are arguments people will come back at me going oh well you've got carpet it. yeah yes. well carpet's also bad oh what about concrete well yeah lots of concrete is also bad we need to be sensible about this yes and I hope as a landscaper and a designer working together we can provide the answers to the landscapers that say oh well you know my client has asked for it and I don't really know what else to, what to say to them so I hope yes. that we can we can give them the answers there is always an alternative to plastic grass there is no reason to have it whatsoever whether you're disabled whether you've got kids whether you've got dogs that bring mud in there was always an alternative 100% and I think it's important to raise the issue that we as a collective Mm. are not trying to you know slag off for want of a better word artificial grass manufacturers or what they do that that's their product they've chosen to manufacture and deal with they probably haven't really given much thought to environmental impacts and how popular it's become over the years because there was a time I can't remember when when it wasn't available (laughs) there wasn't anything called artificial grass well I mean it was on butcher's windows that was where it used to be Pointed yeah. back on to look like a butcher's window. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, we did lots of things. I mean, I didn't know any better when I did certain things. You know, people sprayed DDT to get rid of pests, not yeah. knowing, you know, and it took people with big voices to stand up against these things. And they will, and we will undoubtedly come, a, come against some negativity, but hopefully we can just win over the people that are, you know, on the fence, shall we say, and don't really know where to go. Yeah. And I think it's about giving people information because ultimately, if they still choose, having read the report, which you can discuss further in a second, but if they still decide that artificial grass is for them, then it's for them. And that's their choice. And they can find a landscaper that will do that. But yeah. I think people need to be given the information so they can make their own choices rather Absolutely. than just... And, and, and I think it's good not to blame people and not to get aggressive. I mean, I'm afraid I, I probably have been aggressive with people in the past and this is the new year, new me, soft, fluffy Charlotte. Um, <laughs> For how long? <laughs> how long, yeah. 
give it till next week. Compassionate dialogue. And, you know, if you say to somebody, you're stupid, they're immediately going to be on the defensive. So you need to think, you know, and hope. And I think that's what's lovely about the campaign that you've put together, that it is not making people feel stupid for the decisions that they've made. So they were just saying, look, we know you probably didn't know better, but here is here is some better alternatives for you. 100%. So, yeah. So the way we, we've kind of got involved is at TLC, obviously the Landscape Circle, we're all about providing landscapers with more information and helping them make decisions yeah. on their business, such as offering artificial grass or not, and thinking about mm-hmm. their designs, particularly the designers we have in there are going to be thinking about what, do, how, what they're going to be designing into people's gardens. And again, it all starts with that, really. And the main thing is we're directing them to your guide, which you've lovingly put together. So do you want to discuss the guide that they can get their hands on? Well, obviously I read with interest Jack Wallington's blog, but I would use that blog as an argument against using plastic grass to people that were thinking of laying it. But it wasn't thorough enough. And as I've come from an academic, but, you know, having done a master's degree, I wanted to really do the research so I went from it from a really different aspect I was questioning actually whether plastic grass is as bad as anyone thought so I took all the arguments that people say you know it's good for disabled people it brings mud in and I looked into the actual research and the actual figures and and it's actually it's all verified information within there so um, it's all got references at the back so you can see where I've got my facts from so I wanted it to be factually accurate so that nobody had a leg to stand on if basically if they wanted to argue against it 100%. yeah so that was um, a very bad way of describing how, how I came about it but I approached it like I would as if I was writing an assignment for my master's degree so with that same academic research-based background so I'd love to take it further actually and do a full thing on it and I've also worked in collaboration with quite a few experts in the field so again I got quite a lot of my facts from them which was really helpful Twitter was a great place to find people <laughs> Yeah, connections. <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's all about networking, building connections. And I'll give you an example. People say that you need quite a lot of water to water lawns. Well, for a start, yeah. you don't need to water lawns. That's a ridiculous thing to do. But if you want to water a lawn, if you've got some, you know, wonderful green sward that you're very proud of and you must water it, actually, that you use far less water watering a lawn than you do actually manufacturing the plastic. The amount of water you use, I haven't got the facts on me, but my report says so, it is astronomical compared to the amount of little bit of hose that you put on your your lawn so if you so wish that's that's a small smaller thing yeah and is the report made for landscapers and designers to read and and impart the knowledge to their clients or can would it benefit giving it directly to clients that are thinking Mm. about artificial glass to try and change their mind I suppose yeah I wrote it actually not in an academic style although it is academically sort of based I try to write it in a simple to follow a journalistic style so I didn't write it in an academic style I wrote it in a journalistic style so it was simple to read so it means that lay people as well as people in the profession can read it and understand it so there are lots of pictures lots of clear simple explanations Good. And it doesn't take long to read, but you can then follow the references if you want to look up a bit further and get more into it if you want to. Yeah, no. And um, why now? Why now? Why why now? Now (laughs) is like the present. I mean, we are facing a climate emergency. There's no doubting that. Is it in something like 98% of the world's scientists have now agreed that we are in a climate emergency and we need to act and stop pissing about. 
and doing these stupid things and it just makes me angry and the sooner we put an end to doing stuff like this and realize the importance we have I mean daily we are losing natural habitats so it's bit by bit our gardens are becoming the only natural habitats you'll find in cities and if you're lucky enough to have a garden so many people I know don't have gardens they live in one bedroom flats and they would kill to have an allotment or a garden mm. you're lucky enough to have a garden you should blooming well make sure it's got nature in it uh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't last long did I I uh, like I, I get it I totally get it <laughs> yes yeah I, I've, I've watched the David Attenborough I think he's <laughs> You know, on Netflix, where he's made. Well, I'm hearing about the Green Planet. Yes, and it's really good. And my daughter watched it, and she was really like, mm. then get. She's only six, so she gets really upset because we're massive animal like mm. activists in this house. If it was an animal being killed, I'd be all over. Like, yes, <laughs> we're, you know, so yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very the much forest. like that. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it upsets her and I that you know, thing with the climate change habitats mm. are being destroyed which is then killing off whole species and yes. it's quite a sad you know everything's man-made it's man-made devastation oh we're just it. messing about with life and if we can just try and recompense a little way by making sure that a small part of our garden is wildlife friendly so that we can create green corridors for wildlife to grow yeah. through simple things like making sure that your fence you haven't got fencing all the way around or if you have you've got a small hole so hedgehogs can pass through yeah a bit of rotting wood some weeds i mean it's great like wildlife gardening is really low maintenance so if you're a lazy bugger like me you don't have to do anything that's the bonus isn't it (laughs) yeah you just get a good landscaper in to begin with to get the drainage right yeah and then once the drain that's the key um you get the drainage sorted then then the world is your oyster and you can do as much gardening as you want to or as little but or you can just let it go wild and you know enjoy watching the wildlife and i have to find the um thing that i read and it, it Someone had written something about how we water our lawns, the similar Mm. thing that you brought up. And it was written from God's perspective. Like we gave you this and it dies off at a certain point and then it comes back, but you continue to try and keep it green. I've seen it, yes. Yeah, it was really good because I was like, oh my God, it just feels like you're just doing everything wrong. Like everyone wants everything perfect all year round, but these are living turf, living plants. They do die. You know, I said to, we've had our garden planted up in some Mm. areas, not all of it. And I said to my designer, I'm no plant specialist, you see, so I'm learning. And I said, is that one dead? He said, Paula, it's winter. It died. Oh, like, you know, it, it goes brown. I was like, OK, as long as, long as I'm not doing anything wrong, because I don't want to kill anything right now. And, you know, but it's kind of that even that sort of information to people, um, yeah. you know, customers who've had stuff planted says so it looks nothing like the design I'm like because you've had it planted in November, not yeah. it, they're not established plants. They've no. got to grow that's that's the difficulty this is why i never do these sort of 3d cad walkthroughs because i think it gives unrealistic expectations to clients it's just ridiculous <laughs> not helped by various tv programs yes like instant gardens and the three thousand pounds so yeah sort of looking at alternatives too I, I briefly mentioned in the study tapestry lawns and i'm reading a phd study today phd study on tapestry lawns by a man called lionel smith Right. These tapestry lawns are going to be the new innovative lawn. He's it's very, very new to the world. I mean, it's like you remember when Living Walls or Green yes, Walls came yeah. in. Where Patrick, I did my dissertation on Living Walls and Patrick Blanc started them in the 80s. So they're still relatively new. So tapestry lawns are going to be the new way of looking at lawns. So because actually the lawns that we know are a relatively new invention. 
Yeah, they came about by people having mechanized lawnmowers. Before then, it was only royalty that could have lawns as such. And before that, we would just have lawns full of wildflowers. But because you keep them mowed down, you only have to mow them two or three times a year. You then get all these beautiful flowers that you can walk on and lie on. Wouldn't you rather lie on a lawn full of daisies and chamomile and clover than 100%. some muddy sleeping fescue lawn? <laughs> Yes, 100%. I'd love that. Is that what the, this tapestry lawn is all about? Or The tapestry lawns, yes. I'm sort of halfway through. I was reading on the train on the way home and it's really fascinating. His PhD study, because he's done all the research on it and the sort of proportions of plants and how you grow. So it is basically like lawns growing in the wild. So it will be a, a mixture of, you know, almost up to 20 different species of flower in one lawn but it but you'll look at it and think it looks like a wildflower meadow but you yeah. can actually tread on it and walk on it actually the more you do the better it is because it encourages the plants to grow sideways yeah like lawns do and because that. they've got because because it's not a monoculture monoculture being one species of plant so a lawn is generally a monoculture you may have three types of different kind of grasses within that but they generally are monocultures so that if you have something that happens for example, a drought or a disease or some creatures, you know, that eat them up. Yeah. And the whole lawn can be decimated. But because you've got these multiculture of plants, then if something dies back, it's not going to be a huge hole in your lawn. So it's a very new thing. And I'm, I'm thank goodness I've got two clients that are very excited about it. Oh, so really? Think, yes. Because I've mentioned it to loads of clients and they're all like, oh, not really sure. Oh, it's a bit edgy for me. So I'm going to experiment. So watch this space and see how they go. It's Once right. I finish reading the book, I'm going to say to my my designer, "Can you look at tapestry lawns? Because I would like one." <laughs> tapestry lawns <laughs> by Lionel Smith. He, he's the guy. There's, I think if you Google it, there's one um, YouTube clip or a SoundCloud clip uh, that yeah. he's done one interview. But he's still relatively unknown. So this is going to be an exciting new innovation, maybe for your company. Paula. Oh, it sounds cool. <laughs> I like all that. My husband's like, really? I'm like, yeah, but you, I like. I want things to be more natural because I love animals. Yes, for me, yes. I want more animals. Do you God. find your male clients, it's generally your male clients that want the lawns, not the women. The women prefer, I don't know why it is. And I don't like to generalise about genders and because of various reasons. Yeah. But I do find that. And I think deep down, it's something to do with control. I think people Maybe. like those stripes, the neatness. Yeah. It's a status symbol, you know, that your perfect lawn shows that you're in control of your life, whereas women tend to... I don't want to generalise, but the women that I work with were, were, were quite happy to have a wild meadow. Yeah, I'd love it. I said that. Yeah. I want. I said that to my designer because he likes sort of like um, we've specced a wildflower meadow for our mm -hmm. client. We're starting next week, so I'm really excited because I've yeah. never seen any in action. You know, we've never done mm. anything like that before because we didn't have Andy, who's very much plant based, very interesting. That well sort of thing. Yeah. And it's great. And I'm just like, this is awesome. Like yeah. now you can do stuff I like can't that wait in my to house. See it. Yeah. <laughs> as well like, okay yeah. <laughs> they're not easy wildflower meadows so you know i'm not no. going to say that they're easy but once they establish it takes two or three years of blooming hard work once they've established it's actually they are beautiful but you've got to get it right so yeah I'm glad you've got somebody on board who knows what he's doing i wouldn't get involved but yeah i, I, I do <laughs> love all that and i think that's the thing i think it's trying to get people away from that perfect look like the reason yeah. people like artificial grass I think, or what I hear, is it looks perfect all the time. You well, don't you get brown like, spots. This is Hinch then, can't we? We all want to look <laughs> at our perfect white and grey houses. In our perfect Perfectly clean, no, no <laughs> dust anywhere. It's a bit yeah. like that on the lawn. Yeah, can you imagine Mrs Hinch with some mud in her house? How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> 
but yeah it's kind of that perfection that they're you know it's got to be all perfect and everything's low maintenance nothing's no what I try and get across even the paving they have laid there's nothing that's no maintenance really unless you're prepared like you say to allow things to grow wild and have more natural habitats within the garden I always it's a quote I always use when I see clients the secret of a perfect garden is to have a little chaos in fact it's a quote there's a book a, a film called Little Chaos about a garden designer of the 18th century Kate Winslet it's a very silly film but quite good if you want to watch it and it's called a little chaos and it's all about the sort of buddhist thing of you know those lovely japanese gardens that look perfect and this buddhist monk was watching one of the young monks raking the the gravel till it was all perfect and he went to the master and said oh how is it and he got a stone and he threw it and just messed it up slightly he said now it's perfect (laughs) because nothing should be perfect in life there should always be some chaos in your life it's plenty of mine so and mine (laughs) so much but how people can get involved if you're listening to this and you're intrigued obviously you can come to the landscape circle there's a blog going up lots of posts about it directing you to mm-hmm. charlotte's website where you can download the free report guide if you want to give that to clients great if you want to read it yourself so you can impart your own advice that's great Mm. All we're asking is to give turf a chance and make it a time for turf. Time for turf, yes. We're going to stand up for turf. We're not going (laughs) to, we're not having it anymore. Turf needs a chance. And if you can, wildflower meadows or tapestry lawns as it emerges. But just, yeah, more natural, more natural, less plastic. And if anyone wants to pop me any questions on all my social media channels, if anyone's got any queries, I'm more than happy to answer them because this is something I feel passionately about so yes 100%. if you are at all nervous and want to speak to somebody who knows what they're talking about in this world then more than happy to and if I don't know someone don't know the answer I'll find out so. no that's cool so we'll link to the guide in the show notes I'll also put Charlotte's um, Instagram how you can get hold of her and yeah if you've got any questions please drop us an email info at the landscape circle or contact charlotte directly if it's a particularly if it's about lawns um she loves a lawn (laughs) (laughs) i like a nice green sward (laughs) we're just the marketing people here i like the borders but that's another story that's another battle yeah if you're interested in getting involved in time for turf the hashtag is hashtag time for turf post it out post pictures like post pictures of you having installed lawns and wildflower meadows and lying in natural filled lawns. Yes. Lovely naked natural photos. Sun. Maybe not. <laughs> we don't want any naked ones. Well, I might do. My it's always nice. But yes, thank you for joining us on this podcast. And thank you, Charlotte. And I'll see you guys on the next show.